Good morning, this is The Trough for Monday the 27th of February. Your daily bite-sized wrap of all the political news you need to know this morning. The Coalition's popularity has sunk further as Malcolm Turnbull contends with Tony Abbott's outburst on Thursday night and Labor capitalises on a decision to cut penalty rates for hospitality workers. Today's news poll, taken in the immediate aftermath of the former Prime Minister's broadside to his replacement, shows Labor ahead of the Coalition 55% to 45% two-party preferred. It's the worst result for the Turnbull government. The result is within the poll's margin of error, but it's another psychological hit at a time where the coalition is wondering long and hard about its future direction. The only consolation for Turnbull is that he still leads Bill Shorten as preferred Prime Minister, despite his own popularity continuing to drop. And for those playing at home or in the party room, it's the eighth consecutive result where the coalition has trialled Labor, and it's at its lowest level since early 2015, when leadership tensions began increasing under Abbott. We also have an interesting snapshot about the coalition's electoral woes thanks to a reach-tell poll commissioned in George Christensen's North Queensland seat. The poll, commissioned by the Australia Institute in the seat of Dawson, has one nation's primary vote at level pegging with the coalition at around 30% each. The survey of 863 people has also cast doubt on the popularity of company tax cuts, only 15% supporting cutting the tax for big businesses, although 45% would like a tax cut for small businesses instead. And in a result that's likely to vindicate George Christensen's stance on the banks, almost two-thirds support a royal commission into the banking sector. The federal opposition will today attempt to increase pressure over Thursday's decision to cut penalty rates on Sundays for hospitality and retail workers. Bill Shorten will today give notice to introduce legislation to Parliament that would prevent the Fair Work Commission's ruling from taking effect. He's also written a letter to the Prime Minister. Now, at this stage, it won't have enough support in the lower house, with Paul Karp from The Guardian reporting that a similar bill being introduced by the Greens doesn't have enough crossbench support in the Senate. Brendan O'Connor, the Shadow Workplace Relations Minister, has defended the move on the ABC. Now, remember that Bill Shorten last year said that he would respect the decision of the independent arbiter. Mr O'Connor now says the decision is so untenable that Parliament needs to step in. The Employment Minister, Michaela Cash, says Labor can't have it both ways. She says either the Fair Work Commission is an independent arbiter or it's not, and that this would set a dangerous precedent. Now, Mr Shorten, in reply, argues the Coalition introduced legislation last year to axe the Road Safety Remuneration Tribunal after it issued a pay order for a new base minimum wage that the federal government didn't like. Labor and the unions are also threatening to unveil what they say is a work choices style campaign against the move by the Fair Work Commission. Another slow burn campaign flared up on Thursday with Tony Abbott. Now, this has been well canvassed over the past few days, so I'll only make one observation here. If Tony Abbott is aware that his actions have cost him any chance of getting back into the lodge, the question now needs to be asked, who is he running interference for? Now, Liberal MPs have contacted reckon that it's Peter Dutton. Have you echoed by the press gallery as well? Now, no one is saying the immigration minister endorsed Mr Abbott's comments, but he's been pretty quiet on this issue, and I'll be interested to hear what he has to say. In the meantime, Peter Van Onselen from The Australian details an alleged plot by a group of coalition MPs calling themselves the deplorables 
in a bid to get Tony Abbott back into Cabinet. He says that there were regular phone hookups with Mr Abbott and a number of Conservative MPs to coordinate a media strategy to put pressure on Turnbull over the Racial Discrimination Act, same-sex marriage and the Safe Schools program. It would mean that the former Prime Minister would have clean hands on this issue, but the plan became undone when members of the group felt like they were being used, while others happened to have been promoted by Mr Turnbull. A report by the Grattan Institute this morning has cast doubt on the federal government's proposed company tax cuts. It's warned the proposal to cut the tax for big and small businesses from 30 to 25 percent would result in an immediate hit to the budget. It could also reduce national income for up to a decade and risks further reduced living standards. The report says it would have to form part of a suite of measures, including lifting the GST to 15%, as well as cutbacks to superannuation tax concessions, capital gains tax and negative gearing. It's also recommended an alternative policy to company tax cuts, an investment allowance that permits companies to immediately run off a portion of their investment before depreciating the rest over time, according to the Sydney Morning Herald. ACOS, the Council of Social Services, also recommended changes to negative gearing and capital gains tax, as well as abolishing private health subsidies. According to The Guardian, ACOS's pre-budget submission says the measures could save more than $9 billion in 2018-19 and could be reinvested to tackle poverty. The federal government is determined to push ahead with its changes to childcare and welfare. New regulations will be introduced to the Senate today, setting tighter controls for family daycare. The Education Minister Simon Birmingham says it will save taxpayers up to $250 million a year because spending has recently skyrocketed. This will set maximum rates and age limits for children accessing a number of childcare fee assistance programs in family daycare services. But this is going to be a disallowable instrument introduced into the Senate, not legislation. The federal government is also announcing changes to the funding of in-home care services. It's told the ABC instead of directly paying service providers, 100,000 people will be given the funding themselves. Minister Ken White says it will also make it easier for people to change providers. The Indonesian president has wrapped up a lightning visit to Australia, visiting a concert in Sydney and promising greater access for live exporters and cane growers. Joko Widodo and Malcolm Turnbull have also patched up their defence relationships after it was temporarily suspended in January this year. For Australian exporters, it means sugar tariffs will fall from 8 to 5%, while the age and weight limit for live feeder cattle will increase, as well as providing longer permits for exporters. The move has been championed by the Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce. The federal government has tried to be helpful, meanwhile, to tabloid News Corp papers, providing them with details about how much electricity prices have increased over the past decade. They have doubled in Sydney, Brisbane and Melbourne, apparently. The federal government's linking this to high renewable energy targets, even though the Courier-Mail points out that only 4% of Queensland's power actually comes from renewables. The Prime Minister, meanwhile, today will meet small business groups to discuss how to solve the issue. The ANU, meanwhile, says it's come up with a way, some sort of solution to power the grid with 100% renewable energy using off-the-shelf products. A report released today has recommended the greater usage of solar and wind power, supplemented by pumped hydro storage to assist in peak periods, as well as further power interconnectors between the states. The cost, according to lead author Andrew Blakers, is comparable to building new supercritical coal-fired power stations. And it's some interesting weekend reading. If you missed out, Annabelle Crabbe in Fairfax calls for Generation Y to rise up in some sort of revolution over the high cost of housing. Mike Seckham from the Saturday paper has an interesting piece on the Q Society. 
And it was a great episode on RN's law report following school kids as they visit Parliament House and other Canberra institutions. You can find it on their website. The House of Reps will start at 10am today and Senate Estimates is also on starting at 9 o'clock. In Environment and Energy, keep an eye out for the Clean Energy Finance Corporation after lunch as well as general debate about coal and reliable power. The Senate, the Parliamentary Budget Office, the Department of Parliamentary Services and the Department of the Prime Minister and Cabinet are also up this morning. The Remuneration Tribunal is tonight. Immigration and Border Protection is up all day. Expect some debate on the US refugee deal. And Infrastructure Australia and Air Services Australia are also appearing. The weather for Canberra today should be partly cloudy and a top of 27 degrees. I'm Francis Keeney and thanks again for listening. If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also check out the Facebook, thetrough.com.au and I'm also on Twitter and Facebook. Talk to you tomorrow.